Hi, everybody. It is Joey Walters, and welcome to another special edition of the JW Drive Through Podcast. I'm super excited today to have a special guest of mine, Jimmy DeFalco, who is a fitness and mindset coach. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Joey. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, I'm super excited uh, to share your story with my viewers today. So let's get right into it. And, you know, my first question is, is, you know, Jimmy, talk to me about your transformational journey in your life because it's such a great story. Thanks, Joey. I appreciate the kind words, man. Well, to start off, just give you a little bit of background about, you know, how I was brought up because I think it's essential to the story and my transformation. Um, you know, I grew up in what I like to call, you know, a wolf of Wall Street type of environment. And for anyone who hasn't seen that movie, um, it's this businessman making tens of millions of dollars, but he's partying with hardcore drugs, women, alcohol, pretty much on a daily basis. And that's what my father was like. I grew up, um, you know, in a very affluent part of a suburb of Orlando, Florida, right on, you know, right on a lake. And my father introduced me to, you know, women, alcohol and drugs at a very young age. I remember when I was 14, we went to New York to see the Yankees play in the World Series. And in the late 90s, every time the Yankees made the World Series, my dad would be like, all right, let's go. Me, him, and my little brother would fly up to New York, stay at the plaza, like in a three-story hotel at the top of the <laughs> plaza right in New York City. And I thought all of this was normal. You know, I thought every kid got to experience stuff like this. I didn't know really how privileged I was. And um, I also thought what he did later on that night was normal too. You know, he got me, I was 14 at the time and my little brother was 10, he got us drunk. And he actually bought an escort um, for myself at 14 years old. Um, so that just kind of shaped. Wow. Yeah, that just kind of shaped. And you know, my little brother at 10 years old kind of saw all this happen. Like he had this lady dance in front of me and my little brother who was 10 at the time. And, you know, this kind of set the stage for my warped perception of reality. You know, I just saw someone who partied all the time, did whatever he wanted. And so my belief system growing up in my teens and throughout my 20s, I'm 32 now, um, my belief system was centered around money, drugs, girls, partying and fighting. Um, that's what I thought made you a man. And that's what I thought made you happy. So in 2008, I graduated from Florida State University and I was expecting to take over my father's company. My whole life was planned out, right? I knew exactly where I was going and how I was gonna get there. I was gonna start working for my father. He would retire in a few years and soon I would take over the company. Um, unfortunately, after, actually fortunately, because I don't know how well my life would have played out if it went into my vision. So in the 2008 when the re recession hit in the United States, my family lost everything, like the houses, the cars, the boats, everything gone. You know, my father made millions of dollars, but if he made, you know, 2.1 one year, he'd spend 2.5. So when the recession hit, we lost everything and we lost it all really quick. Um, then, you know, over the next few years, we struggled to, you know, make ends meet. I actually ended up opening a company in my own name. Mm -hmm. And with my father running the company, I was just a 22 year old kid and he essentially ran up $40,000 in IRS debt in my name. So wow. 
after I got that letter one day and we were barely getting by as it is. So I shut down the company. I dissolved it. About a week later, my father kicks my door in at about 6 a.m. in a crack-induced rage and comes to physically fight me. Um, I end up, you know, knocking my father out. It was uh, just a really messed up situation, uh, you know. But at this point in time in my life, I had the huge victim mentality. Um, you know, I blamed everything in my life on the economy, on my father, on all these external things, except, you know, myself and the decisions that I was making. So being in this victim mentality, I felt so bad for myself. I lived downtown Orlando. I was doing a lot of alcohol. I was drinking a lot of alcohol, partying a lot, doing a lot of coke. And I was actually making decent money at the time. I uh, met this girl and I ended up getting her pregnant on accident. And so we moved to the suburbs of Orlando and it was just a huge shock for me because I was always used to partying, living downtown, doing whatever I wanted. And so it was a huge transition for me. And at this time I ran in to a guy that I knew from, from the past and uh, he had a prescription to Oxycontin and I've done it before, but I was always more of a partier. Um, now that the partying was taken away from me, um, I see comfort in these pills. They made me feel better. They made me forget about everything. Um, and over the next year and a half or so, my whole entire life fell apart. I had, I totaled a car, had it repossessed. I got kicked out of the house we were living in. Um, I destroyed every single relationship that I had. And I remember my, my girlfriend at the time kicked me out of the house. And I remember I was at my dad's house and I had nowhere else to go. I burned every other bridge that I had. And my father told me, you know, let's just party. So for a week straight, we were just snorting pills, doing coke. And this was the deepest, darkest time of my life. And at this time, um, I made some terrible decisions and was actually sent to a mental health facility involuntary hold for 72 hours. And something just clicked while I was in that mental health facility, it allowed me to get away from the drugs for a little bit. And I finally understood that the life that I was experiencing was a direct result of my actions and my decisions. And that realization of that truth, it hurt so bad that it kind of prompted me to change. There's only two ways people can change. It's either experiencing, you know, enough pain to where they want to change their current behaviors. Yeah, 100% with that. Associate enough pleasure and joy to their potential new behaviors to prompt change. And realizing that truth that I was in control and it was all my fault. Yeah, you know, just because some things aren't your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility to fix them, you know? So even though I was put in bad situations, I could have taken different action steps. So over the next three years or so, um, that was November of 2015 when I went to the mental health facility. Over the next, over the last three years, I've completely transformed myself mentally, physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, I'm a motivational speaker. I speak at schools, conferences, events, you know, different seminars. I do workshops. And, you know, I just want to get my story out there because I feel that a lot of people are going through, not even just people in addiction. But a lot of people are their own worst enemy. And I've learned a lot about the human brain. Um, I'm becoming a certified neuro uh, linguistic practitioner. 
Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And so I just, that's my passion is learning how the brain works, why people do what they do, the subconscious mind and kind of how fitness ties in to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing story and I'm so happy that, you know, you're on here to share it. Um, as I always say to people, you never know what other people are experiencing and everybody's experiencing something in their life. Um, you know, I can relate a little bit to your story, not, not, not to the drugs and the partying and so forth, but you know, um, having a victim mentality, uh, going through some life changing events in my life. Um, and then, you know, me taking responsibility for them, even though, I don't feel that that's part of it was my fault. It is my fault. And so it's about me taking responsibility and and letting that pain, that fear, you know, every, every day I wake up and you know what, you get that inner villain that's telling you, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. Right. And so I'm really trying to snap things out, uh, out of my mind to say, yeah, I can do this and and build on the positive things, um, that I've done in the past and, and really trying to be the best person that I can be. Uh, by helping people, uh, whether it's on social media uh, that I don't even know who I'm touching at times or to helping with people out in a, my day-to-day business. Uh, I, I love doing that uh, and, and, and it brings joy to me. And so I'm so glad to bring you on here because I, I, I think your story is very uh, transformational. It's very dramatic. Um, it talks to very lows and highs and uh, super excited to have you on here. So um, maybe you can talk to me a little bit about, you know, what have you been doing and why you're so passionate about giving back to the community and motivating others uh, of some of the things that you've been doing. Yeah, well, you know, it goes back to where, you know, I was kind of just kind of in my deepest and darkest times. I felt completely alone. I felt like I was the only person in the world who felt the way that I did. I felt like literally I, my true belief, like at my core at the time was that you know, I just had bad luck. The universe was against me. God hates me. And when that's your true belief, you know, there's no reason for you to change because you don't even believe that you have control over the own outcomes in your life anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why should you make different decisions? Why should you, you know, take the right path instead of the wrong path, the hard path instead of the easy path, because you're just going to get screwed over anyway. You're just going to get unlucky anyway. So, you know, when I finally, realize that it took me so long i just want to be the person that kind of you know opens the eyes of other individuals and lets them know like hey man like i understand you've been through some bad things some of it may have been your fault some of it may not have been your fault you know if you were abused as a child of course that's not your fault right but it's still your responsibility to not abuse your children it's still your responsibility to get your life back on track and not use that. Well, I was abused as a kid, so I'm just going to be, you know, a piece of crap for the rest of my life. Um, yes. So I just want to be able to open the eyes to other individuals and let them know that they're in control of the outcomes that they create in their own life. And it's all about, you know, starting small and building off of, you know, small, consistent daily steps. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So I just want to touch on something that, you know, really resonates with me. Um, It's it's talking about this pain, uh, this fear to motivate people, right? Like, I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, you were down and out, right? And and you're like, you know, how can I get out of here? Um, and, and so, you know, there's, there's tons of people facing all kinds of things and they're not happy with their job. Um, they're not happy with where they are in their life. Um, but you got to put in that effort that nobody else is supposed to 
can do or, or some people won't do. Um, but, but it's driven by this pain and this fear. That's, that's, that's the way I, I, I put it in my mind, right? So your pain and your um, pleasure, uh, 100% accurate. I mean, I know Ed Millett talks about that. So may, let's talk a little bit more about that, uh, you know, when, when, you're, when you're helping out other people about, you know, really focusing on what, what pains them and, and, and help how that affects uh, on the motivation side. Yeah, well, you know, I'll kind of go back to, you know, let's say if the market never crashed. And in 2008, I started working for my father. And in 2011, I took over his business. Um, and let's say I never had that pain. I never experienced that dissatisfaction. I never experienced that hurt. I never would have had any reason to change because I would have been making money. I would have been partying. And it's what I thought would have been a good life for my belief system at the time. So, you know, I'm glad that I experienced all of that pain, all of that heartache, all of that dissatisfaction, because that's what prompted me to change. And for people in their lives that are listening to this right now, um, a lot of people just kind of accept things. Well, that's just the way that I am. You know, I hear all the time. Um, it, well, it doesn't have to be, you know. People put themselves in these boxes and you can create yourself how to be whatever way you want to be, but you're never going to have the motivation or have the inspiration to do that if you're completely satisfied all the time, if you have everything given to you on a silver spoon. So the next time, you know, you're, you're going through a hard situation and you're thinking like, why, why me? Why is all of this happening? Instead of asking that question, ask, okay, what is, what is life trying to teach me right now? What, what, in, what do I need to fix in my life so I don't have these circumstances happen again and again and again? 100%, 100%, right? And, you know, I, I put a post out there, you know, your mind is your greatest asset, right? It's a secret that people don't understand. And you change your mindset, you, you can get out of your way and you can achieve anything, right? And everybody says, oh, that's a cliche and stuff like that. But you study enough successful people, you study people that, like yourself, have gone from, you know, uh, rock bottom to where you are now. It's because, you know, something clicked, you changed your mindset, you started believing in yourself and you changed, you know, your thought process of what values and what, what you wanted to do in your life. And now you're motivating people and going, you know, across the country. Uh, you know, I know you did a TEDx talk out in West Vancouver. Um, but my next question is, uh, I love your post that talks about, you know, dissatisfaction leads to action. And, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, well, just kind of to piggyback off of what I said before, is if like, um, if you're handed everything on a silver spoon, if everything always happens exactly how you think you want it to happen, you're never going to be prompted to, you know, step out of your comfort zone. And, and take that action that's going to get you to that next level because you'll have no motivation or inspiration to get to that next level because you're satisfied. So what's the point of, you know, waking up early? And what's the point of putting those extra hours in at the office or at the gym? You know, if you're satisfied and you're content with the way that things are, you're never going to be motivated to take any additional steps to better your life. And I think that all kind of goes back to, Again, like acceptance, people get caught like, well, 
you know, just society brainwashes us. Well, you know, this is just what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go to college. I'm supposed to get a job, work at the job and hate it for 30 to 40 years and then retire. And people just accept that that's what they have to have. And it's, you know, if that makes you happy, that's great. I'm happy for you, but you should always be striving to get to that next level and to experience that pain and dissatisfaction leads to, you know, taking massive action. Yeah, hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I love what Ed Millett says. He says, you know, you need to have blissful dissatisfaction. So be grateful for where you are, uh, in your life at that time, cause you're living. And, but at the same time, you got to get out of your comfort zone and be so dissatisfied that if you want to get to that next level, um, I never understood, uh, this, you know, uh, until I would say the last four or five months, because you, you know, you look at successful people, very successful people they are making millions and millions and millions of dollars. And people are like, Oh, these people are so greedy. They want to get to the next level. Next level. And, and maybe some of them are, but, uh, you know, when, when, when he put out that post and I really sat back and I'm like, you know, to keep these people going, they got to be dissatisfied where they are to get to that next level because if they they rest on their laurels they're going to lose everything right they 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 got to they got to challenge themselves they got to get out of their comfort zone they got to you know uh, and you know that's why i tell people like if you're not on social media in the next 3 or 4 years you're going to be absent because that's where people are going to be right so if you're uncomfortable yeah, doing exactly your- i think it's going to be like your your resume of uh, you know in the next 5 to 10 years people are just going to look at your social media pages rather than you know, what you've, you know, rather than an actual paper resume. And, you know, uh, just to kind of piggyback off of what you said, there's four components to happiness, perceived control, perceived progress, uh, connectedness, and vision or meaning. Those are the four components to happiness. And if you don't have that perceived progress, then you're never going to be truly happy and content. So even if you have all of these things, like in the world, you know, all these material things, all the money you want, you're never going to be happy unless you're constantly growing and progressing to that next level. Because they did like a crazy study on the happiness levels of quadriplegics, like that it happened like during their life. So they were, you know, they weren't born like that. They've been in a horrific accident that made them, made them paralyzed. And between the happiness levels of people who won the lottery of over $50 million or more. And the crazy thing was they really didn't find any different levels in the happiness. And in some cases, the the quadriplegics were even happier than the people who won the lottery because the people who won the lottery just sat back, blew their money. They didn't worry about growing, progressing, getting to that next level. But the quadriplegics, they had a lot of pain. They had a lot of dissatisfaction. So that, cause them to dig deep down within themselves to bring out the next and better version of themselves, or they would just, you know, live a miserable life. So I just kind of think it's crazy about how, you know, no matter how much you have, you always have to be progressing or you're not going to be content and fulfilled. And like Tony Robbins says, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. hundred percent. I mean, you can have all kinds of money, but you know, for me, it's about helping other people. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's the legacy that I want to live is that I'm out here helping people. I'm being honest with people. Uh, I'm telling them, you know, the price for their home, uh, even if they don't want to hear it because somebody might else tell them, uh, you know, a higher amount. I, that's, that's not me. You know, what I do is what I say. And, 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 you know, as I always say, I'd rather make a client than a sale. 
uh, because I want clients for life. I want people that I want to deal with for the rest of my life because they feel confident. They, f- they trust me. They feel like I'm educating them. They feel like I got their back in the best interests. And so a hundred percent, you know, with that can come money, can come, you know, trips and, and all these other things. Uh, but what makes you happy too, I think is the people around you, the company that you keep and the memories that you're making, right? Like I, I see a lot of your, your posts and in, 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 in your children and in, in what you're doing. It's amazing. Like, I mean, being a parent is like probably the toughest job out there. Uh, but it's, it's very rewarding, right? And, and, and being, uh, being part of their lives and making memories, right? Things that you can never get back. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. My kids are my life. I spend as much time with them as possible because, you know, my father treated me, especially my parents got separated when I was like in ninth grade. He's all, he's always more of kind of a friend than a father, but especially after that separation, he really transitioned more than a friend. He wanted to impress me. He wanted to party with me. Like I said, even at the young age of 14. And, um, you know, I just don't want to be that way with my kids. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to break the generational pattern. I'm not going to perpetuate it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this leads me into my last question. You know, talk to me about your social media strategy. Like, uh, what's your routine? You know, uh, I see a lot of the great content that you're putting out there uh, and helping out a lot of people, and I love it. Uh, So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, you know, right now my social media strategy is kind of uh, organic at this point. I'm starting to develop more of a, you know, strategic routine. Um, I just started using this app, uh, app called App. A-P-P-H-I, Appi, um, and allows you to kind of schedule your posts out. And because sometimes I feel really creative and I get all these other ideas and I can write out four or five different posts at a time. And some days I just don't feel creative at all. But the time that I do always kind of feel most in touch with myself is first thing in the morning. So um, I wake up around between 4.30 and 6 every day, depending on when I get to bed the night before. Um, I go through a typical like 30 to 45 minute morning routine. I try not to look at my phone at all during that time. And then, um, you know, I try to hop on, answer some DMs and, you know, provide some quality content that can just, you know, help people realize that, you know, they're in control of their life and their thoughts and they don't have to accept anything that they don't like about themselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, uh, what you said about being creative at sometimes, like, you know, some days it's like being motivated. Some days I get so, I'm so motivated and I feel like I can conquer anything that comes my way. And then some days I'm not as motivated as others. And I think those days are the ones that make you win in the long run. How do you motivate yourself uh, when, when you don't got it that day, when you don't got that flow and, and, you know, it relates to creativity. You know, there's some days where I, I'll, I'll put my social media. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's great. That's great. And it, it's just flowing. And then some days like mind block, like what, what am I going to put out there that, that I think based on what I'm reviewing in my analysis is resonating with my uh, viewers and followers. Um, you know, so, some days you just, you just don't have it. And some days you do. So I, I agree with you. Right. Um, hundred percent. And yeah. And during those days, Joey, when I really feel just like out of whack, like I don't have it, Um, You know, your emotions come from your emotion. If you want to change the way you feel, you must first change the way that you move. So I go right to the gym. I go for a run. Um, I put my, you know, physicality leads to new mentalities. So I just try to, you know, get my body moving in such a way, um, you know, it essentially tricks your brain into thinking that you're happy, you know, and that you're motivated at that time. So 
Um, or visualization as well is another great thing because your mind doesn't know the difference between a feeling you get from just a thought or a visual visualization and a feeling you get from an event that happens in real life. Your brain has no idea of the difference between the two. So if you can actually create a vision in your life that's powerful enough, you can create those feelings of love, happiness, and success internally rather than looking for those things in the external world. 100%. I mean, when, I, when I'm down and out uh, or I'm not as motivated, I shouldn't say down and out, uh, I'll, I'll listen to a podcast that that'll motivate me or I'll call somebody and give somebody gratitude. Cause I, I feel that I I'm starting to understand what motivates me, what, what I can snap out of my funk uh, or, or to your point, you know, I'll visualize something, uh, visualize something that, 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 that if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, you know, the pain and the consequence of doing that yes. uh, or, or, or visualize something that if I do these things, you know, this is, this is the great thing that's going to happen out of it, right? So visualization, I've been, I've been using that lately, uh, especially before I go to bed, is really putting my mindset um, in, in the right mind while I go to bed and while I wake up. And to your point, like, I've, I am doing the best job, but I, right now is I put my phone down so I don't touch it for the first 15, 20 minutes. I got to go do that, and I don't even want to look at it. I mean, it sets my alarm off, but then that's it. I sh turn it off and off I go and I don't even touch it. And same thing with, you know, being with loved ones and my kids. You know, I, I was finding last year that I was pushing so hard because I wanted it so much that I wasn't, I wasn't in the moment with the people that I love, right? Uh -huh. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, while, while I wasn't being in the moment with the people that I love, um, you know, I was sitting there, you know, getting back to clients. I was sitting there putting up posts and I – I stop that now. Like when it's time for dinner, when it's time to be around the people, I, got, I put my phone away because I know if I have it there, I might reach for it. So I, I just put it out of sight, out of mind. So I want to be in the moment because there's no point of me trying to be in the moment while I'm sitting there texting and doing something else. Right. So, uh, really, uh, you know, 17 days in to this year, um, it's been working. It's been working a lot. And I feel a lot better that uh, I'm spending more quality time with the people around me, uh, unless it's an emergency. And then, you know what I got there because, you know, I'm trying to do a deal, but other than that, uh, I got to be in the moment. Right. And so, yep. um, you can't, you can't, the one thing I have to put in my mind, uh, I don't know if you put in your mind, is like, you know, I push so hard. I, I, I want to get everything all back in one week. And, 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 and even though I know it's not going to happen, right. You keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. Yeah. You can't put yourself in that mindset. I put a post the other day. It's right. Got to be patient, but it's how you behave. It's how you behave while you're being patient. That makes you win in the long run. Right. So, um, definitely, uh, I ain't perfect and I'm learning constantly every single day. And, uh, I, I love the power of social media. I, I mean, I can't, can't believe that I wasn't even on Instagram. You know, I, I was a big LinkedIn user, uh, but haven't been on Instagram uh, for just over a year now. And um, yeah, me too, bro. It was 18 months. I just, I just opened my account, I think in July of um, 17. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a whole new world, which I kicked myself because I wasn't there, but I'm here now. Right. And so um, this out there, you know, if I get business from it, great. <clears throat> but for me, it's about educating people and it's about building a brand. Uh, and, and like you said, you know, building a profile so people get to know who I am. Right. So that's why I'm doing these podcasts with, with people, uh, all over the world. Uh, I've gained friends like you, 
because of social media, which is amazing. And uh, I'm so super excited that I, I had you on the show. I think you, you gave such great information. I think your story is, is amazing, and I'm so glad that we could share it. Yeah, thanks so much. And if anyone does want to follow me um, on Instagram, I'm at uh, Jimmy underscore DeFalco, D-E-F-A-L-C-O. Same thing on Facebook and LinkedIn. And uh, that's my website as well, jimmydefalco.com. If anyone's interested in, uh, you know, setting up a complimentary coaching call or, you know, having me come in, speak to your kid's school, your conference, your event, seminar. Um, I do workshops as well. Um, that's where you can find and connect with me. Definitely to my viewers, go give Jimmy a follow. It's got great content and uh, so glad that we connected, Jimmy. Have a great day. Yeah, you too, Joey. Thanks so much for the opportunity, man. Have a great one. You too.